This is an ABC podcast. The Outer Sanctum is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders past and present. The Lions are the queens of the AFLW. Third time is the charm for Brisbane. They reach the pinnacle of the code and establish themselves as the new leader of the pack. Brisbane win the 2021 AFLW Grand Final. Welcome to the Outer Sanctum for another week. You just heard the sounds from the AFLW Grand Final. It was a spectacular granny, which is what I hope to be one day. And the W Awards last night capped off an incredible 2021 season. Today we're going to pop the cork on a soy flat white and celebrate all the winners and storylines. We've got Brisbane's Nat Grider here who took home the cup on Saturday night. She's going to join us. We've also got rising star, the sparkling Tyler Hanks, and drum roll, if you will, as you play along at home, the W winners, Kiara Bowers and Brianna Davey. My name is Emma Race and I am, of course, joined by my football loving sanctum sisters. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Good morning. I'm Julia Kiara. I'm pumped. Alicia sometimes. <laughs> Hello, I'm Lucy Race. Welcome home, Alicia, sometimes. <laughs> you know what I'm doing? I'm going for the Golden Asterix Award. So, <laughs> I, don't, I know that's not cool with you, Julia, but I just that's what I'm doing. Is, we'll give you a token. Is, thank you. Sometimes mm. you just got to dust off an OG for a big game and, and here you are. You're back in the studio. We're so pleased to see you. It was so fun to um, revel in what was the 2021 season and I felt like last night getting the W Award going to two people. It's what we deserved. It was just a little bit extra. And it's one of those things, you know, when you have children and you think, oh, can I love two children, uh, you know, more than one child, the same amount. And someone once said to me, oh, it's just like lighting a candle. You just light, you know, one flame to the next candle. It doesn't mean that the other one doesn't burn as bright. I'm like... Oh, my God, we could have 18 W Award winners. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what we deserve. There was storylines, there was injuries, there was goals of the decade, there was tear-jerking moments from the weekend. I'm going to come to you for your highlights. Um, are we all going to cite Courtney Hodder's goal? <laughs> we'll start with you, Lucy. Look, uh, you mentioned it there, Emma, and footy to me, has always been about the story. And I love watching football through the storylines. And this game had it all. There was rivalry. It might not have been bitter, but I think there's a rivalry mm-hmm. there. It was a close game. There was only a few points in it um, at half time. There was drama. We had two captains go down with injuries. There was excitement. And I think Courtney Hodder's goal definitely brought everybody to their feet where I was watching this game. But Stevie Lee's run with the ball, her run and carry was amazing. And emotion. There was so much emotion. And I think it's hard to go past those goals to Jess Wushner and to Lauren Arnell and what that meant to them. That's absolutely the truth. Jess Wushner's story was reverberating around my brain as I was watching her take home a premiership medallion thinking, you know, we know that she cannot be mentioned without us talking about weather patterns and lightning and thunder and things like that. But I just wanted to take a moment to remind everyone that that was only two weeks out from last year's season. Mm. She was up a pole at 3am working on the docks in Brisbane. And that for me is the part of the story that just doesn't leave me. And, you know, I looked up what the ongoing effects of a lightning strike can be and they are many and varied. So like the way that she's been able to get back and the way that she's had the tenacity to to talk about it, but also move move through it and not feel angry. You know, there was a quote from an article at the time saying, you know, she was angry that she was up a pole at 3am and I'm mm. like, damn straight lady. And that's without the layers of you being um, a professional footballer. Um, Julia, your highlights. Look, I can't go past Lauren now winning, um, you know, winning an AFLW premiership in her last game. Lauren has had... You know, she is a trailblazer. She's been involved in women's football for a long time. She's worked for um, AFL Victoria um, in uh, supporting coaches, supporting female coaches. Um, 
But she has had a, a a hard story in the AFLW. You know, she was Carlton's inaugural captain. I remember that first game. I remember seeing her after that first game and saying to her, you will always be the first captain of this club who won the first game. And, and she said to me at the time that that's something that she'd probably look back on at the end of her career. But she had a hard time there and, and she put on, um, she gave a, an interview this week about how she has felt for a long time that she didn't know when her last game was coming um, and that even when she was taken as a priority pick to Carlton that the list manager and coach at the time put a two-year ceiling on her career. So to see her go to Brisbane, to see that they really um, validated her and appreciated the strengths that she's got um, was was amazing. And she played an incredible game. She's someone who, and she'll openly say that she's not, she doesn't have the greatest leg speed. And that really, leg speed has been put at a premium in AFLW in those first few years. You saw that the types of girls that came onto lists and the types of girls that were delisted, it was all about are you fast or not. But we've seen actually now a bit of a transition happening with a lot of male coaches going, well, it's not all about leg speed. Uh, Loz's speed from hand to foot. hand to right and left foot, her speed of decision-making, her classiness, her leadership means that she's just an incredible player to have out there. So to see that rewarded, to see that Craig Sarsovich believed in her and then she gets the medal at the end, like it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful moment and there's a bit of karma that (laughs) she got to do it on Adelaide Oval when, you know, (laughs) two years ago Carlton went to Adelaide Oval in a grand final without her and got thumped. So... You love a story like that. <laughs> what does it mean for you, Julia? Like, did you find it emotional, like seeing uh, a former teammate who you know has who you've ridden the bumps with? Did you feel like there was a bit of validation for everyone that's in that's kind of from her orbit? Yeah, definitely. And she's just worked really hard. Um, she's worked really hard, and and to see her get to retire with a fairy tale is is just, I think. Yeah. Oh, Julia, yes, Lauren Arnell, it is a story for the ages. And here's one for the Globe. I just want to do a little shout-out to Ola O'Dwyer, who her first half in that grand final was amazing. I think she had something like 16 disposals and six tackles. She was everywhere. Ola is the second Irish player to win a premiership medal. She's from Tipperary, and she played camogie and Gaelic football back home in Ireland, and I loved seeing her story make it to the newspapers in Tipperary. That's amazing, isn't it? You know what I was thinking about is how this is a real celebration for the Lions because obviously they've been there a couple of times and never saluted, but it's also a testament to the pathways and the development programs that Queensland has been really committed to. And the the growth of women's footy in Queensland has been quite the exceptional story, and there's been no one quite like Nat Grider to demonstrate what those pathways have been able to do because, you know, she played for University of Queensland. She was also in the Lions Academy. She was the Quaffle Rising Star. And then, of course, last Saturday she plays for the Lions and takes home the Premiership medal. It gives us such a great pleasure to welcome Nat Grider to the Outer Sanctum. How are you, Nat? I'm honestly on cloud nine still. I know it's been a few days now, but, um, yeah, I've said it a few times, but it's just been the best week of my life and, I hope it, it never stops, to be honest. Do you know, after the siren went and we see everyone get their medals and stuff like that, for a real AFLW fan, what I really wanted was cameras that would follow you around for the next three days. I wanted it to be like <laughs> Big Brother. Can you let us in? What have you done? How have you celebrated? Did you wear your medals and go out into the middle of the ground or did you have to get straight to the airport? When did you have a beer? How many times have you sung the song? Tell us everything. Um. <laughs> Uh, we were lucky enough to spend a bit of time on the field and just acknowledge all the friends and family that flew um, flew over to spend the day with us. So that was really lovely. Um, and then after that, we headed straight into the rooms and had a little bit, uh, debrief post-game just with the, the players and the staff. And it was really lovely just to um, really like be locked in and, and just embrace the moment with the people who you know got us here. Um, so that was good. And we spent a bit of time in the change rooms before we went out and saw family and friends um, which, yeah, just made that a little bit special to really soak it all up together because I guess this is the last time we'll, we'll be together as that, that, that group. Did um, I've always wondered this. Did Craig Stasevich address just the playing group after you'd won the grand final to say what you'd done well or any KPIs? 
we didn't do a review as such. Um, maybe next year we'll, we'll go back to that one. But no, we, we just kind of brought us in um, with the with the coaches and stuff as well, and just said, you know, congratulations, you did it. Um, every team starts the season in hope of of being where we are right now, and we were lucky enough to to get the cup and, and bring it back to Brizzy. So it's something that everyone's pretty proud of, and and yeah, honestly, hope we can just we can do it again. <laughs> Hi, Nat. It's Lucy. Speaking of that cup, we saw some images on social media of the cup, somebody trying to stuff it into the overhead locker. Can you? (laughs) (laughs) So did it get into the overhead locker or did you give it its own seat? No, I promise. I tried to sit it next to me. I had the seatbelt on and everything. Um, But the the staff at at Virgin um, had a bit of safety precautions with the cup being the weight that it is, um, you know, moving on an aeroplane to the sky. So we had to, we had to secure it a bit better. Um, had to pop it in the overhead locker, but it was safe. It got in there eventually. Blankets covered it. Um, no damage was done. So that, that was fine. That's good to hear. Hey, your defensive line in the Brisbane Lions is something that we've celebrated all year and it really stood up. I think it was um, just wonderful to see Kate Lutkins get the best on ground medal. What's the secret to the chemistry and the consistency of you all in that back line? Um, I'm so proud of Lotsie and I'm, I'm great that I'm so happy for her that she got the recognition because it's not often that you see defenders win those sort of accolades. Um, but yeah, as a unit, I mean, we have such a, a mature back line um, when you consider that there's two of us under the age of 21. But um, those girls, that the other girls that are in there with Bree and Shannon and Lotsie and Zilks, they're all such great leaders of our club. Um, they all literally are in the leadership group, um, which is so amazing for the young ones like myself and Indy to look up to. And, and they direct us so well. They they know exactly where they want us um, during the game, exactly what to talk to us about pre-game, post-game, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, just having those role models to look up to um, and aspire to play like is something that I think really works and, help, and helps us. But on the other end, um, we're all so competitive and I mean, you go into every contest like it's your last because you never know what it will be. But, um, yeah, I think just the competitive nature of that group um, is something that really helps us during the games. And don't get me wrong, it's a whole team effort, but I love being in the back line and it's something I'm really grateful for. Uh, hi, Nat, it's Julia here. You you touched on Zilks there. You know, she, she mentioned in the post-game interview, she just dropped it in that it was going to be her last game catching the interviewer by surprise. What a way to go out, you know, as a as a premiership captain. Can you tell us a bit about her and what legacy she leaves with your team? Yeah, Zooks has done wonders for our club the last five years. Um, I In the pre-season earlier in the, in the year, I um, had a chat with her during one of our Saturday morning running sessions um, and she just looked at me and said, I think I'm done. I can't do this too much longer. <laughs> um, and from then onwards, I had a little feeling that, you know, if things ended well, then this, this might just be it. Um, and yeah, for her to go out on such a high, you know, captain of the premiership team, retiring like that is something that I knew that she deserved. Um, and I'm so happy for her to be able to do that and just, and leave knowing that, you know, her, her head's in the, in the clouds. Um, but yeah, she's been an incredible person for our club and I hope she's, she'll still there next year in, in one way or another, um, which she intends to do so. So everyone's pretty stoked about that as well. Hi, Nat. It's Alicia. Um, I love reading about your history with the junior Jindalee Jags and that you were 11 but had to play in the under-15s. And, of course, congratulations on 22 under-22 with Dakota Davidson and Courtney Hodder. But I'm just wondering, you as an 11-year-old playing, um, what was it like and how do you see the next generation of talent in Queensland? Yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Um I got to play alongside my sister, so that was always nice to know someone's there to support me in case anything happens. Um, but it was—it's just crazy to think how uh, how much the game has grown in, in such a short period of time, and and it will continue to grow, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I guess little girls now are playing it under nines, and and they'll work their way through the system, which it's just going to increase the talent pool, the, the level, the skill of the game, all of that sort of stuff. So I'm I'm stoked to see what AFLW is going to be like in the next 10, 15 years. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure the little girls that are running around in under nines are probably a bit bigger than I was at playing under 15s when I was a bit younger. Nat, if we were to, if your life was a Rocky movie and this and this grand final was like the end of the movie montage, 
what moment do you look back on and think, I'm glad I did that moment? It might have been a training session in the heat or running up the stairs in the rain. Is there a moment that occurs to you now that you think, goodness me, I'm glad that I've got this grand final because it makes it really pays off that moment? Yeah, I think just because of our preseason being so short, um, yeah, a lot of the hard stuff's done by yourself before you really get back to training. Um, so I look back on the off-season that I had and, and putting all that effort into my running sessions, my gym, all of that sort of stuff just to, to make me that little bit better. Um, and I know that all the other 32 girls on our list did the exact same thing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's all about the one percenters um, that you put in when no one's watching. Um and, and to look back and, and dread that, that day I had to do that running session by myself. But just knowing I got it done and, and now I can yeah, look down at my neck and find a premiership um, medal there, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, before we let you go, what the rest of the year looks like for you? Obviously, you've got a little bit more celebrating to do. And then what happens to you and where will you be for the next couple of months? Uh, yeah, so we've got our best and fairest night on Friday um, with the club, which everyone's really looking forward to, which will be, yeah, an awesome night. And then we'll get back into state league footy. Um, everyone plays for their, their retrospective clubs and, and we get to verse each other, which is pretty cool. Um, and myself, I'm finishing my last year at UQ doing a Bachelor of Exercise and Sports Science. So I'm lucky enough to do my placement later on this year with the uh, Netball Queensland. And then I'll just work in between in between that at a, um admin job at a hospital. So pretty busy but um yeah always got time to get back down to club training and, and try and make myself a better player for next year well we cannot wait to see it we're so thrilled for you congratulations to you and all your teammates celebrate as hard as you can because it's a long life and these are the best moments <laughs> celebrate for all us all us here who never got to play <laughs> congratulations and thanks for spending some time with the outer sanctum thanks guys have a great day Oh, so nice to spend time with a premiership winner. I feel like that rubs off a little bit from one winner to another winner. Alicia, sometimes we didn't get your highlights before. Uh, as always, as a poet, I'm going to do a couple of point forms and then a couple of quick poems. But uh, for me, Dakota Davidson's grandmother, Beryl, showing up, <laughs> <laughs> travelling to Adelaide and uh, the smile on her face, 92 years old, awesome. Zilke saying, you know, to the girls standing there today, all 32 of you, I love you guys so much. And that emotion just made me just so teary. And I love the fact that one of the commentators on the tally said that Craig Stasevich looks so relaxed that he should have a golden retriever at the park <laughs> that he just took it, you know, in his stride. But I have three quick haiku for you. And, uh, Julie, I don't know if you know a haiku. It's um, 17 syllables, five on the first line, seven on the second, five on the last. And they're all about seasons, the season of footy, and forces, the forces of this nature that is the football. And my first one, of course, is hotter and thinking of the syllables. So hotter, 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 hod. Couldn't fit that last one in. Uh, Stevie Lee Thompson, who, as Lucy said, is just incredible. Julia's lost it. The hod. The hod. <laughs> Stevie Lee Thompson shrugs Conway breezily, saunters into goal, even score, cool chainsaw celebration. <laughs> <laughs> and my last one, uh, Kate Lunk Lutkins, who, of course, was FBOG, fabulous, best on ground. Mm -hmm. Everywhere at once, the end. No need for any more syllables. Oh, how true is that? So, there you go. The goals, okay, here's a question that I have for you. Maybe this is a melee topic, but I'm going to dish it up right now. So we celebrate the handing out of goal of the year last night, but Courtney Hodder's goal is, of course, not eligible because it happened in the grand final. Is there a more important time to kick goal of the year than in a grand final? Should the, should the name of it be goal of the home and away season or should we extend it if we've only got we've got a nine week home and away and three finals why wouldn't we include what you can achieve on grand final day like we're always talking about how different this competition is to the men's and how we can celebrate it differently I would have loved to have seen a grand final goal get given goal of the year last night Courtney, Courtney Hodder kind of said it herself anyway she was like <laughs> you know I, I kicked a pretty amazing goal on, on the weekend is that something we should look at you know, trying to push the barrow off, Julia? 
look, I see both sides of it. You know, I understand that it's not really a level playing field in terms of players' opportunity to kick that goal of the year because you've only got a few teams in the finals. So I see that part of it. But the pressure, the pressure on those goals kicked in finals and in the grand final kind of means that, yeah, they, they're they up there. And, and just looking at Courtney Hodder's goal, how is that physically possible? <laughs> how do you lunge at something feet first? <laughs> I don't understand that. She was almost bent back the other way. And I'd seen so many instances like this in both women's and men's games over the past few weeks where people just run out of time and space and somehow Courtney Hodder found that and that's what made it extraordinary and I think it should extend through the finals. Should be for AFLW and AFL men. It's just such a great thing to have that under pressure grand final goal of the year. I'm Darcy Vessio and you're listening to the Outer Sanctum Podcast. North Melbourne v Fremantle. Fremantle, K Bowers, one vote. North Melbourne, Jay Garner, two votes. North Melbourne, A Riddell, three votes. And I declare the winners of the 2021 AFL Women's Best and Fairest, Akiara Bowers of the Fremantle Football Club and Brianna Davey of the Collingwood Football Club. It was a big, you know who the big winners were last night? Comfortable shoes, good arms and people who've had knee reconstructions. <laughs> it's a happy story if any of those three things intersect with your life. It was a good, I thought it was a great awards night because we had two winners. Lucy, what were your thoughts on the awards? Well, I do love a bit of history being made. So that was great. But it was also so exciting. I was feeling really nervous in that last count of that last round. And there were eight people who were only separated by three votes at the end, which is just, I think, sums up how good this season was. Well, coming up, we do have Kiara Bowers and Bree Davey to speak to you. But um, Alicia, you watched the whole thing from home. There was a very strange moment in the broadcast. Absolutely. I was just going to say it was so close. It was just moccasin hairs away from each other. But yes, it was such uh, a close game. But in the middle of it, okay, you're watching, you're excited. And then what do we do? We cut away from the game and go to another television show that didn't really encompass or highlight or champion or really, really extend the conversation about the AFLW. It was really strange to kind of be force-fed through AFL 360, which was all about the M, really. There was a quick interview with Craig Starsvich, which I actually thought was hilarious because he was angry. He was angry post-All-Australian <laughs> yeah. because there was only, I think only one Brisbane Lions player got into the All-Australian. Julia, I can't imagine that you're a long-time watcher of AFL 360, but last night, did it catch your eye? I'm in shock really, because I don't ever watch that program. And then having to sit through it and be force-fed it, I realise why the AFL fans can be so bonkers. Because <laughs> <laughs> is this what you really think is appropriate journalism? The way that they talk to players and the way that they talked about football and the way that they were so outraged because a player was using their phone compared to what he's actually been accused of, for goodness sakes, like, is this is this the state of AFL media? I am still in shock. I know that I might be a Johnny-come-lately because everyone has known that this show is on all the time and this is the level, but um, to have that shoved into my face uh, was like a milkshake thrown at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's topical because it's true. You know, the only thing, if we're talking about equality, the only thing that I could think is, imagine if we cut away from the Brownlow for a one-hour Outer Sanctum special <laughs> on Omen Watch. There would be people rioting at <laughs> AFL headquarters. There'd it be people riding weird. in the streets, let's there be honest. Be, right, people riding in the streets. Look, I what I loved about the count was that Brie Davy was shocked that she won it, but she's just won the MVP. So I found that kind of surprising. I was like, if, if anyone had to ask, who's going to win it, 
I would have said either Kiara Bowers or Brie Davey. So that they both won it made me very, very happy. Well, and Kiara did win the AFL Coaches Award. So it did feel like, you know, someone's won the Golden Globe. Someone's won the SAG. Who's going to win the Oscar? Can there be a tie? And, and that's what we got. Jessie Garner, who <laughs> won the... MVP last year and then really didn't feature in the W award voting. So I I hear Brie Davies and you don't want to muck up those omens. Well, mm. Brie has been a stalwart of women's sport for so long and last night when she was awarded, awarded the highest individual honour, I have to say my palms were sweaty because all I could think about was how she told the Outer Sanctum just a few weeks ago that she had to get rid of that tummy parasite <laughs> and then her game just came to life and she joins us now. Brie, congratulations. We're so thrilled to speak to you. How are you? Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, it was um, obviously pretty tight count by the end. But honestly, I sort of um, approached the night just obviously wanted to have a good time with my teammates and um, obviously didn't have any expectations whatsoever. So, um, yeah, going in and then, you know, sort of seeing uh, myself, I guess, doing well in the count and and then going down to the wire, it was pretty intense. And, and yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty chuffed and it's something that it's, it's so I uh, feel so honoured to be able to take out that award next to someone like Kiara. So yeah, it's awesome. Brie, it's Julia here. You did have an extraordinary year and you're just a player who can take the game by the scruff of the neck and get it done yourself. Um, how did you how did you go about, I guess, taking your game to that other level this year? Yeah, look, I, I think Jules, for me the main thing is is being able to sort of get my body un- under control and sort of be able to attack the season without too many niggles. Um, I think over the five seasons, four of them, I've, I've had a bit of an in, injury-interrupted pre-season. And, um, yeah, this one has probably been the first one I haven't, which has been great. But I think it's just the extra work I've put into my body. I think um, I, I'd sort of stick it, I had been sort of sick of those niggles and things like that. And um, I sort of made a promise to myself that I was going to really, really, really put into my body. And, and I did. And, I think it's it's really paid off because it, it gave me an opportunity to sort of attack the season and, and play, you know, the footy that I want to play. Speaking of preseason, you and I do share a local park, and <laughs> uh, over the preseason and during lockdown, I did see yourself and Tilly, your partner, doing a lot of fartlek running uh, <laughs> and working really hard. What what was trying to keep your body? Um, you know, get your body really fit during lockdown like so that you could attack, you know, the November pre-season, um, yeah. you know, at a fit level. What was that like, the discipline involved? Yeah, look, it is tough. Um, and I think I sort of mentioned it last night, like without till it would have been really tough to do um, by myself. Um, but it's just one of those things you sort of have to just grit your teeth and get it done. And um, I think for me, you know, like, as, as horrible as COVID was for a lot of people, um, at the same time, it was probably a bit of a blessing for my body. Um, I probably needed a break from, like, actually the bash and crash of footy and mm-hmm. just able to sort of um, get some running in and, and just get fit. And um, again, the opportunity to do that. And like I said, with Phil um, by my side, she, she really pushed me and um, kept me motivated um, in a time that was pretty tough for a lot of people. So, yeah, look, I think it was just about getting it done and, and, and all of us were sort of in the same boat. We we just have to sort of attack our programs as best we could. Um, and, yeah, I'd like to say without Phil, it would have been tough. But, um, yeah, having her there was, was very handy. Brie, last night when I was giving you the medal, uh, the letter that you wrote to Andrew Demetriou <laughs> was raised. I've reread it this morning. It's quite threatening. <laughs> But it seems to have done the job, my friend. There's so many, um, there's so many great moments in it, um, including also. And this is this is your point to Dimitriou, Um Girls should have a right to play, and also um, girls could take offence if they um, and you might have less followers to the AFL, and you don't want that, do you? <laughs> So my question to you is that with winning a BNF, it really elevates your status in the game and gives you a platform and a voice um, in a more powerful way. Do you think you'll do you think you'll use it? Will there be more letters? Yeah, look, <laughs> I think this is the whole reason I wanted to get a BNF just to write more letters, <laughs> just push 
my point. But no, <laughs> um, that was actually, yeah, year three, I think it was, or year two. It was, it, I was about eight or nine, basically, and persuasive essay, and I was like, that's it, I'm writing to Andrew. That's, I've had enough. So <laughs> um, it's great that we've got a league now, but I, yeah, I think it might have been my letter back in the day that I pushed him over the line, pushed the AFL over the line. So it's good. <laughs> we saw Shani Leighton, um, Norda, sorry, Shani Norda come out this week and talk about why she is leaving the game and how it's just kind of untenable to still live your life and try and be professional in this space. This is a disconnect that is happening um, across the AFLW community for people who are players and commentators and um, working in administration. Like across the board, it is a challenge. How do you see we bridge that gap? Can you see the gap being bridged? Yeah, look, it is a challenge. It's um, it's one of those things where, you know, we obviously dedicate ourselves so wholeheartedly, but it's not a full-time, I guess, profession yet for a lot of the girls. And, um, yeah, look, it's a tough one. It's um, hard to say how you sort of bridge that gap. I guess going full-time would probably be the best way to do it. But at this point, obviously, we know we're in the building blocks of it. And, um, yeah, we understand that um, we're sort of building that slowly. But it's um, it's something that... You know, it's it's definitely something that could could potentially lose more players to the game, and, and I hope not. But hopefully, we can go more and more and to the point where girls don't have to worry about um, you know having another career at this while they're playing footy. They can just sort of focus on what on what they're doing. Bree, last night both yourself and Kiara spoke about you know the honour of getting the individual medal and being acknowledged for your great season, but that you would also uh, love to exchange it for a premiership medal. Um, what do you think the Pies need to do going forward to get there? You came so close to a grand final berth this year and you've been building every year. What's next for your club? Yeah, look, it's a great question. I think, honestly, it's as simple as just keep building from here. I mean, we um, obviously the first few seasons at Collingwood, the girls probably didn't have the the success that they wanted. Um, And then the last two seasons um, at the Pies, um, you know, we started to build something really, really great. And we have such a awesome diverse um mix of girls in our group and we just gel so well and i think that sort of um helped us um play the way we did um this season but yeah look i think it's about building again and um this league is every single year is getting better so we have to move with it with it or we're going to get left behind and and we understand that um but uh, yeah look i think for us it's just about um knuckling down and working hard at the end of the day it's about how hard you work and um, that's going to bring you success in the end of the day. So hopefully um, if we put the work in, um, we can build again on next season and hopefully go a step further. Bree, what, what does the rest of the year look like for you now? You know, you, you've, you've got the award last night, so I'd say maybe a little bit more celebration, but looking forward to, <laughs> to the rest of the year and, you know, we don't know when the next pre-season will start. Uh, what will you get up to? Yeah, so at the moment... Um, I don't know how much footy I'll play. I'll definitely get back into VFL training for sure. Um, whether I play games, not too sure yet, but we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, look, I'm, I'm finishing my um, teaching degree, so I should be done at the end of May, which is really exciting. It's been a bit of a long time coming. I've sort of done little part-time years here and there and when I was playing soccer and then obviously through footy. So um, I'm excited that I'll be I'll be done very soon. Um, and then, yeah, just a bit of work through, obviously, the club well, with Collingwood, I'll be doing a bit of community stuff and, um, yeah, clinics, footy clinics and things like that. But, um, yeah, that, that'll that sort of, I guess, tie up my ear until obviously pre-season comes along. But, yeah, we'll be working pretty hard in between that with the program and things that um, like that that is given to me by the club. Bree, we're going to let you go because um, I know you'll probably have a million photo opportunities where you have to be seen biting on your medal for some weird reason. <laughs> but um, just before you do, I just wanted to make the point that what I see in you is this real dedication to your family and your sisters, the importance of your sisters to you. I'm sure that you love your brother as well. But your sisters <laughs> are always there for you. I see them at every game. Also, the strength of female relationships and the power of you and Tilly and, and how visible and how powerful powerfully you guys support each other you've just been announced the captain of the all australian and i just wanted to make the point that so much in sport women have been pitted against each other and there's always only been room for one woman to shine but when you shine you bring a whole lot of women with you and i just wanted to say that that is actually a really significant um, contribution that you make to the conversation about the power of women in sport 
Thank you so much. That is so kind. Um, yeah, look, it's. I think that's the beauty, the beauty about, honestly, the AFLW community as a whole. Um, it is women supporting women, and um, I had a few people sort of comment yesterday that it's such a beautiful feel, even at the awards nights. Everyone sort of just gets around each other, and, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome to be part of that. And, yeah, to, to like I said, I sort of earlier, to win it alongside Kiara, um, who's a great person and a really great competitor, was a really cool to experience. So I appreciate those words. That's very kind. Go and celebrate. We are so thrilled for you. I was about to say proud of you, but that sounds patronising. So just know <laughs> that we're celebrating with you and congratulations. Thanks for spending time with us on the Outer Sanctum as always. Legends, thank you so much for having me. Oh, to be Brie Davy today. Thank you for that was great to speak to her. What a thrill. Alicia, you noticed something. You have an observation from last night. Well, I was doing that thing where you're watching the TV and but you're looking at social media probably more of the time and seeing so many great photos. But there were that Adelaide photo <laughs> It looks like a wedding and everyone, just because Felicity Race would be so excited. There were so many people squatting in photos. But um, it just, yeah, there was so many sort of wedding slash formal photos. There was, and there was noticeably one that um, the Herald Sun said was Maddie Presparkas and her friend, and it was actually Grace Egan who picked up seven votes. So shout out to you, Grace Egan. We saw you on the red carpet and we know you weren't Maddie's pre- uh, Maddie Presparkas' plus one. Mm. Um, but there was other awards handed out last night. And of all the platitudes that we can heap on Tyler Hanks, the one that's always marvelled at is her maturity. She really shone last night when she accepted her award and earlier today she caught up with Lucy, a super fern, just FYI, and Alicia sometimes. Welcome to the Outer Sanctum, Tyler, and congratulations on winning the Rising Star Award. What does this award mean to you? Thank you. Um, yeah, oh, obviously... It, um, it's pretty special and, and I feel very sort of privileged to, to have won the award, but um, it's not something you sort of play for. But um, as a young player, it's, it's nice recognition to, to know that you're sort of heading in the right direction. And yeah, it is, it is good, to, good to win and I yeah, feel very honoured. Melbourne just took it up a notch this year and uh, did so well. Lucy yeah. was beaming the whole season. I just want to know what your special sauce is. Are you having your Wheaties? Uh, yeah, we definitely were. No, um, <laughs> no, I think, yeah, it obviously came down to a lot of things, but we were lucky to drink some good games together. Um, but, yeah, maybe on trips I'll, I'll advise everyone to get their Wheaties in. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, your game in particular just really went up a notch. Your fitness, I think, and I think we saw that in the numbers of your disposals and just your impact on the game. Did you do something differently in your preseason? Um, oh, not really. I think I, I definitely, um, with COVID, I took the advantage of being able to be at home and and train and um, spend a lot more time focusing and learning about nutrition and whatnot. Um, so. I think that's probably one aspect of it that was quite different, but I think it just came with experience and, and sort of believing in myself. I think I had to sort of take on the um, responsibility of, you know, if I play my best footy, it's actually going to help the team. And um, that was something that I had to acknowledge was part of my role in the team. And it wasn't me being, you know, um, selfish or anything like that, but it's what my teammates and, and my coaches wanted me to do. So I think that was probably the big, biggest aspect of it. I know that you'll be disappointed and I know the team will be disappointed about that loss in the prelim, but have you had a chance to reflect on the season and, and take some real positives out of it? Yeah, I think um, we definitely wanted to go all the, all the way and we had a feeling that um, we were capable of it because, you know, the teams that were left we had we had beaten um, except for Collingwood. So uh, we never got ahead of ourselves, but we did, you know, have quite strong belief um, in the group that... Um, yeah, I've reflected back and as long as, you know, it is hard. Like, we were all shattered after that loss to Adelaide and mm. the fact that we just didn't play our sort of footy is probably more disappointing. Um, but I think we've still got to be proud of where we came from and um, to make it to a prelim, it's a great experience and hopefully we'll be, you know, better for it going forward. Earlier in this year when you did play the Crows, of course there was that sort of big controversy that made the news, the fact that you did a uh, drop punt and uh, kicked a, a goal slash point on a tight angle. Yeah. Um, that score review technology has been a big issue in the papers. What's your thoughts on that? 
Um, oh, I don't mind the fact that, you know, it comes down to the to the goal umpire at the time. I think that's how it, it always used to be. But, um, I mean, if we could get it in, it'd be great because, you know, it can be at really pivotal moments of a game that, you know, whether it's a point or a goal, whichever way it goes, it, it can be really vital to, to a game at that time. So, I mean, it'd be amazing if we got it in, but at the same time, I think the goal umpires do the best they can and he made the right call on the day as well. Now, mm. Tyler, was that your mum sitting next to you at the awards <laughs> last night? Yes, it was. So she she's, stopped crying. She's becoming a bit famous. <laughs> yeah, she's gotten a lot of messages to say, stop crying. <laughs> oh, I love that. So what did this yeah. mean to her? Oh, yeah, it was really special. Um, I think we were a bit nervous going in because, you know, uh, we were hoping that, you know, I was amongst the, um, you know, potential winners. But, yeah, it, it means a lot to her and... Um, she's done so much for me and, and so is my dad, my whole family, um, even uncles, aunties, everything like that. Um, they've all been there the whole time and um, mum doesn't get emotional often so to see her upset, um, I think it just showed that, you know, yeah, she really is so proud of me and, yeah, that was a really special moment. Well, now we're emotional too, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. Look, congratulations again. You really did have a standout season and it was just a joy to watch you. And we cannot wait to see what you bring next year. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks to Tyler Hanks there for spending some time with us. She's been so good for Melbourne for a number of seasons and there was so much celebration, I think, around her winning that last night because she's come up through all the development pathways and people know she's a superstar. Lucy, you were taking note of all of the stats and facts that were rolled out from Gil yesterday because there was some pretty spectacular numbers on how many people were watching the AFLW in the last season. That's right. And I think it's really important to look at growth across a number of different measures. So as Gil mentioned, I think we've gone from about 380,000 participants um, playing football, girls and women, up to over 600,000. But in terms of TV, 2021 was the best year for TV audiences for AFLW with over 50 million, which is one of my favourite numbers, <laughs> over 50 million people tuning in. That's up 39% on last year and up 49% on 2019. It's really growing. The other thing that is really growing is membership. So that reached an all-time high with 24,423 people becoming members via AFLW clubs. So that's important. It is a fairy tale for the AFL that this is going so well. It's only five years in and the demand and the thirst for it is exceptional. Another fairy tale, of course. It seemed inevitable to us all that Turbo Kiara Bowers would one day have a W medal around her neck, but it is the icing on the cake. We are so thrilled for her and Turbo joins us now. Welcome to the Outer Sanctum, Kiara. Congratulations. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. We're so thrilled to speak to you. Last night's count was um, kind of indicative of the same characteristics that you have in your game. You were chasing all night and then you tackled Bree Davy right at the end and you both won it. Does it feel sweeter to be able to share it? Oh, 100%. I choose, I choose this way over winning it by myself any, any time. So I'm, I'm very, very honoured to win it with Bree. Uh, hi, Kiara. It's Julia here. We all know that you were signed to Frio as a marquee player, but you didn't get to play for a couple of years because of injury. Did you ever think that this was going to happen to you, that five years in you'd actually be playing some the, mo- the ex- most excellent footy out there um, and that you'd get the W award? I definitely didn't think the W award, but I'm pretty stubborn in the fact that I knew I'd be playing. I, I wouldn't have given in to to any injury to, to beat me. So I knew I'd always be playing and hopefully playing good footy for Freo. That was just the ultimate goal. Uh, Kiara, it's it's Alicia here. I love that this year your game was just so incredible and last night your speech was just so magnanimous. You were so beautiful to um, talk about everyone else. Um, how, how, did you, how do you describe your year and what you were doing? I like to palm it all off about everyone else. I'm not, not a fan of chatting about myself. Look, I, I thought I'd had an all right year, and I know I know it's annoying to say, but it is because the team make you look good, I think, half the time. Um, but look, I was fit and healthy at the start of pre-season, and I had a couple of nicks, but nothing that stopped me. So I'm, I'm, yeah, just rocking up every day, ready to try and do my best, and hopefully, yeah, we're able to do that. 
Hey, Kiara, it's Lucy here. You've really set the benchmark, I think, as one of the players who is just so fit in this competition. This season, watching the games, it looked like it had gone to the next level. Are you feeling that out there? Oh, 100%. I mean, especially, obviously, I'm in the midfield and running around with all these other elite midfielders. Normally, I can run out the game a little bit better, but everyone's uh, doing running alongside me, and I'm like, oh, I'm a bit cooked, so I hope you guys are too. <laughs> um, but look, no, nah, especially in the midfield, because that's who I verse, they're just elite, and there's, there's not just like one or two in every team now. It's pretty much everyone's midfield is just absolutely dominating. So it's it's really good to see, and that just the, the competition's growing so, so rapidly. It really, it really is growing so rapidly, and we were just talking about the diversity of all of the award winners from last night are from all these different teams, not necessarily from the teams that won the grand final. So it's, it demonstrates how well everyone went in the top six. I know that you're a carpenter and you've taken the day off work today, which you definitely <laughs> earned. But is there a chance that um, you'll leave carpentry and you'll actually work in footy going forward? Uh, look, I've always said that once I'm done with footy, I'm, I'm completely done. I, I enjoy going to work and, and doing something different. If I did just footy, I'd probably go insane because I'd think about it too much. So I think I'll, I'll enjoy this time with footy and then I'll, I'll, I'll kick on to my carpentry career um, at the end of it. So, But, but never say never. <laughs> <laughs> Kiara, I know that for you and for the rest of your team, you will probably still be feeling a little bit bruised about not making it through to um, play in that last game of the year. How are you all going? Uh, look, Credit to credit to every other team that you know got through to the finals, and especially Brisbane. They were absolutely outstanding, and they deserved to win. And you know, as I think every team that wasn't there on the day, it's it's no one else's fault but your own. So we took we took our foot off the pedal, and we'll you know we'll own that and come in next season and make sure we don't do that again. But you know, it happens. There's always going to be you know a bunch of losers and only one winner. And yeah, credit to Brisbane. They they deserved it. It's Julie again, Kiara. Congratulations as well for being named vice-captain for the All-Australian team. But last night we also saw one of your teammates debut in that team in, in Janelle Cuthbertson, who's had a breakout year. What can you tell us about her? <laughs> I, I, can, I can tell everyone now because the season's over. She actually played with a broken rib and that's <gasps> just absolutely incredible. Like, we voted her um, courageous, most courageous in our team and if anyone had known how many injuries that woman had and got through and just, I don't, I, I have no idea how she kept playing and not only played, but absolutely dominated. Um, I I nearly had a tear not all night, all night. It was only when she got announced in the All-Australian, um, just because she's an incredible person and player. So I can't wait to see what she does next year without any injuries. <laughs> uh, Kiara, last night um, everyone was really celebrating the success of women's football, but I couldn't help think when you were awarded the W, um, what that must have meant to Jan Cooper. And um, she's obviously just in the thick of it at the moment with her own health issues, but to be able to recognise the distance that WA footy has travelled, have you spoken to her? Or in moments like this, do you think about the commitment of women whose shoulders we all stand on to celebrate? these moments? Uh, Jen, I get a bit lost, lost for words. I've known her for many, many years and she's, she's always just the most amazing woman and I'll easily say it now, I think that, that award last night should be named after her and everything she's done and she's just, I got a massive hug from her last night and I owe her so much just for my playing career and what she's done for it and WA footy would not be where it's at without her and we're so thankful and you could never thank her enough. You've left us all a little bit teary here after talking about her. How will you celebrate this win with uh, with your family and friends? Uh, well, I've got the day off today, so I'm celebrating with, with Nate and Dell so <laughs> at the moment. But um, So I'll celebrate with these guys today and then we've got our uh, first and best in, in next Friday, so I'll celebrate with those girls later on then and yeah, to celebrate our season. I can't let you go without asking a really silly question. We're so obsessed with your arms. We think that they're sort of Sarah Connor, Ripley kind of arms. Is this a, a result of great football or a hammer? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I actually think it's from holding Nate because he was a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say there's going to be a lot of little girls who grow up to want to be carpenters after seeing you last night, Turbo. <laughs> Huge congratulations. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We cannot wait to see you run out in the 2022 season. Um, enjoy some downtime. Uh, thanks, guys. I hope you guys have a lovely, lovely day. I love speaking to Kiara Bowers because there's this beautiful, authentic energy that you get. I feel like you get that from all the footballers. My favourite bit last night was when Kiara spoke to her teammates and said, I just love you a little bit. <laughs> and I just wanted to say that back to her. I wanted to say it to you guys Aww. and to the, all of the W-loving um, fans. And, you know, we're a really passionate bunch and um, we demand excellence and we demand that we keep pushing this ball further and further up the corridor um, because we know the benefits are just so great. And I think we all get a little bit euphoric and a little bit high on them, on the benefits of seeing um, women in these roles being so powerful and it's been a long time coming but now that it's here we just want it to be the best it can be. I think that that's what the celebration was around the game this season and last night. Um, Have we got some final business? It's almost time for us to get out of here. It's been such a bumper episode. My head's spinning from all the superstars that we've spoken um, to but next week we will be back of course Lucy. Well yeah, apparently there's a competition for men so (laughs) Uh, A few people have asked us on social media. Julia, Kiara, (laughs) come on, eyes forward. Sit up straight. Stop making around. Just got some vomit in my mouth. She, see, you make that noise, but you have so many opinions on the men's game that we require in here for diversity of thought and voice. It's very important that you're part of this conversation, so you just have to suck it up, princess. You might have to set a quota for me. <laughs> so we will be back next week and we will be talking some men's football as well. I've been obsessed with watching YouTube videos, stay with me here, about climbing Everest because I'm never going to do it right. And when I saw Danielle Ponter's uh, mark, I just, now I dream of that. So I've got Everest and marking that high. Oh, my God. I loved Danielle Ponter's uh, speech last night. Again, yeah. the authenticity. She was awesome. Julia, any final words before we get out of here? No. <laughs> I love yous. I just love yous a little bit. <laughs> Nothing like that. Oh, Shakespeare would turn in his grave. My grief has set in, okay? I'm lost for words. We've been without women's football for three days. Okay, and just give me some time. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, sister. We will still be talking about women's footy um, throughout the season, of course. That never leaves us for too long. But for now, it's time for us to sign off on what has been the most beautiful, the most extraordinary season of AFLW. Thank you all for being here. There's only thing, one thing left to say, and that is... Go, go footy! footy.